a broad uh, pers- uh, perspective, uh, Stephanie, what would you say are some of these social or economic challenges in countries that are um, in conflict? Well, look, when it comes to things like sexual violence, I mean, many of the countries that are in conflict situations on the African continent are areas that are already plagued with very poor governance, uh, weak state institutions such as the judiciary, even healthcare systems. Um, we have populations that are, in some cases, uh, isolated, living far away from urban centers where they might from a legal level or from a medical level. Um, and so we're really looking at, at spaces where people are often having to fend for themselves. They don't have recourse to um, the kinds of, uh, of institutions and assistance that they should have uh, recourse to. And they are vulnerable to all manner of uh, armed groups and other actors who are operating in, in, in those areas. Um, they uh, are often exposed to, for example, uh, lawlessness at the level of national armies, lawlessness per- perpetrated by armed groups, and then, of course, other actors that are on the ground um, in, in conflict zones. So really what we're looking at is a collapse of a state or the absence of a state that can protect citizens in the way that citizens uh, should be protected and that they have the right to be protected. Would you say that the the, the the issues that they are facing, let's say we take it, uh, we take the sexual exploitation. Would you say that the allegations are are, are very severe? Well, I think we, we have a number of different phenomenon. We know that, for example, in the Democratic Republic of Congo, there have been in the last 25 years a growing almost uh, use of, of sexual violence as a tactic, as a, as a, as a weapon of war, um, destroying the fabric of society, uh, destroying uh, uh, lives and, 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 and consciences of, 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 of those families and those, those women, largely women, who are affected by these, these types of acts of violence. So there's been, a, there's been I think, uh, a use of sexual violence to break down communities and societies. Um, there's been an inability by, for example, in the DRC of, of the state to impose itself and to put an end to that. Now, the DRC is a country where um, a lot of attention has been paid to sexual violence. In many ways, it's really the country and the situation that, that first taught us about the scale of sexual violence and conflict in Africa. And so that it, 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 there have been new things put in place. The Congolese army, for example, has to undergo um, um, training on gender, gender sensitivity and those types of things. But, but in a context where you have a poorly paid army, a lot of corruption, um, and again, lawlessness in the absence of, of, of really a rule of law, um, it's very difficult to implement that in a, system, a systematic way and to get the kind of progress that you want to see. So in other words, it's very difficult to put an end to it. And that, I think, is the, is the fundamental problem. And of course, we haven't seen that only in the DRC. We've seen it in Central African Republic. We're unfortunately starting to see it yes. in Tigray and Ethiopia. Um, I mean, these are these are very widespread um, strategies that are being used and by by armed groups and 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 just indisciplined um, actors who have access to, to 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 means of violence. In other words, guns. Mm. In terms of making sure that the perpetrators are found, would you say it's um, it's difficult to for victims to come forward with these cases? I think it's always difficult, as we know, when someone is the victim of rape and sexual violence. I mean, there's so much stigma, unfortunately, still attached to that. So that's the first thing. And I think that that's unfortunately a problem we see in many areas. But you have to imagine that in a conflict zone where these are often people who have very few resources, 
aren't able to access sort of the kinds of, you know, aid that, that, that they might need to be able to either even go into a town and find a judge or get the kind of medical care that they need. Um, these are highly vulnerable people. Um, and so even just accessing those resources is difficult and then having the courage and the means to resist the kind of pressure that they might be seeing. I mean, they might have to live, coexist with the perpetrators of this violence. And of course, that's tremendously intimidating. And it's a, it's a disincentive to speaking out about what's been done to you. Um, and then there isn't really the kind of support that you need to be able to, to take this further and to be able to get the kind of justice that you should have. So it's extremely difficult for victims of these types of, of acts to, to get the kind of justice and the kind of treatment and the kind of support that they really need to have. Mm. Is there enough attention being put on the issue, though? I do think there is. I mean, again, I think that we, we, we learned about this, unfortunately, in the context of the DRC. And we are, I think, as a, as a society, much more, or as, as actors who, who work in this space, much more aware of the scale and the intensity of this. We have people like uh, Dr. Denny Mukwege, who, of course, is the Congolese gynecologist who won the Nobel Prize. Uh, several years ago for his work on on repairing some of the damage, the physical damage done to the bodies of victims of sexual violence. And he's a very outspoken advocate. Um, that has helped a lot in raising this issue. But I think, you know, as much as we have an understanding of the fact that it exists, we still aren't able to prevent it in the way that we should be able to or to the extent that we should be able to. And we certainly aren't yet at the point where we're able to help those people who have gone through this to recover. What about governments? How much uh, of this can the government avert and try to intervene? Well, I think governments are are key in setting the tone for this. I mean, again, we we you know we don't only have armed act, armed actors who are who are rebels or rebel groups or militia groups that are perpetrating this kind of violence. We often have national armies who are involved in this, um, and the governments need to set a tone of complete of note of zero tolerance. Um, now that can they can try and do that, and they can they certainly have to I think be very vocal and very clear about that. But but the the proof is in the pudding, and 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 ultimately they don't have the kinds of control over these over over even their own armies to be able to make sure that this doesn't happen. Um, obviously, the more we have the kind of trials, effective trials of people who are accused of these crimes, and those those trials lead to sentencing um, and so on, the, the the more examples we have. Of, that, that should act as deterrence to others who might choose to engage in, 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 in this type of criminal behavior. But we still don't have that at, at, enough, at, a, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a high enough level um, to really, I think, um, turn back, I would say, or, or, or reduce the amount of sexual violence that is taking place. So, so we still have, uh, you know, it's still at a much too high rate, um, and the governments are just too weak to really impose themselves at a judicial level, at a disciplinary level on their armies, um, and so on. It's, it's really, it's, it's too little. Um, and so that's unfortunately one of the reasons that we continue to see uh, high levels of sexual violence in these contexts of conflict, post-conflict, and also just weak states uh, mm. that are unable to really uh, address their governance deficits. Mm. Is there anything else that you would like to add that you think maybe I didn't ask you and it's quite important? Yeah, I think that we have to understand also that, again, I mean, many of the victims of sexual violence, not all, but many, are people who are highly vulnerable. Um, They're living in poverty. Many have been displaced. Um, They've lost their means of livelihood. They've often experienced great trauma even before they become victims of violence. 
Um, and, and that makes them extremely vulnerable. It's also what we often see as being the driving or the, one, of the, one of the issues that feeds into um, the abuse that's committed by peacekeepers and aid workers, where we have populations that are deeply impoverished um, and, and, and frankly go to great, will go to any length really to, to survive. And, and where, uh, where international actors who come in to help in situations like that take advantage of this vulnerability. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a revolting dynamic, but it exists. And it's, it's because people are vulnerable and they don't have the means to, to, to push back, to be able to say no and to assert their rights in the way that they should have.